actually to Proverbs chapter 1 and verse number 7, one short passage of scripture. Proverbs chapter 1, verse number 7. Very, very important passage in the Old Testament. A part of what is known collectively as the writings. Psalms, Proverbs, Song of Solomon, the writings. Proverbs chapter 1 and verse number 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. My title is the first part of that verse, the fear of the Lord. Everyone say the fear of the Lord, the fear of the Lord. Lord, we thank you. We ask that you would direct us tonight. Your word is very, very powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. We pray that it would do a work, a ministry work tonight. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Thank you for standing. Two of the most fantastic years of my life occurred when I worked with my grandfather. He was in his 70s. I was in my 20s. As you can see, there was a major generational gap, and boy, was it a trip. He was in the stage of his life where he was losing things. He was losing his sight. He was losing his hearing. He was losing his mobility, etc., and yet, at the same time, he was absolutely not giving up any of his independence. I can't see very well. I can't hear very well. I can't anticipate very well. But I can still drive to all you travelers that are out there on the road. And he did. He did. And I let him. And I'll tell you why in a minute. But I let him. Not only was he driving, but he was driving in North Dakota conditions. Ladies and gentlemen, this is winter and snow and ice and blizzards. So picture him getting in the driver's seat and picture me buckling myself in with the passenger belt and any other belts that I could get my hands on. I'll never forget the time that he was backing the truck to unload some items, which we would do daily. But on this particular occasion, the trash can he habitually used as a demarcation in his rear view mirror was moved to a different spot. So he was backing closer and closer to several stout, sturdy poles fixing to remove the bumper from the truck. And I waited, I waited to the last few seconds and finally eked out. Grandpa, I think the trash can has been moved. At which time he slammed on the brakes and began haranguing whoever moved the trash can. How dare they move that trash can? Or about the time he forgot something at his house and he stopped two blocks south 
of his house and was fixing to make an attempted entry on some poor suspecting, unsuspecting folk. I waited until the last second before he was fixing to close the door and make his way to the wrong house. I eked out. Grandpa, I think your house is a few blocks north. (laughs) At which time he harangued me for not telling him before he got out of the truck. Believe me, there are many, many stories that are contained in these two years. I'll leave you with just one more. He was driving at night down the main street of the city and failed to notice the graders and the dump trucks scraping and hauling off huge chunks of ice. The graders would scrape both sides of the street and leave a pile of ice three to five feet high in the middle and then the trucks would haul it off. Well, this pile hadn't been hauled off, and Grandpa was heading straight for it at 35 to 40 miles an hour. I saw it afar off. He didn't. I didn't say a thing. He drove right up on to it, high-centering the truck, exclaiming, what in the world, while still pushing on the gas? I finally eked out. I think we might be on some ice. Man, was it ever fun for two years. I can't tell you how many stop signs we ran through. I would slide down in my seat and pray for the best. You talk about being a prayed up 20-year-old or in their 20s. I was prayed up because we went through quite a few red lights. And you're probably wondering here tonight, why didn't you say something in all of those cases and many more? I did say it when I absolutely had to, but the reason why I didn't say anything even when my life was in danger is because I had a profound respect for my grandfather. I watched a man that spoke with actions and not words. I watched his work ethic in action. I observed his ministerial humbleness. At times, he would be under tremendous pain, and yet he never, ever complained. I respected him greatly. And this is why I had a hard time correcting him or usurping his independence. I was along for the ride until the day he finally said, guess you better drive, son. I think that was a day the car was in reverse and he got out of the car with it in reverse and it knocked him over. Because, you know, if you put something in reverse, it's moving backwards. And so when he opened the door, it ran o- almost ran over him. And finally, he came to the realization, you know, it's probably better that you drive, son. The reason I never said anything or the reason why I would never do anything is because I respected him. The wise man noted in Proverbs chapter 1 and verse number 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools 
despise wisdom and instruction. The word fear in the Old Testament has a different meaning than we would suspect. In most minds, to fear something means to be afraid or to be frightened. And if somebody views God in this fashion, if you think that God is one to be feared, you see him as a tyrant waiting to bring judgment and divine retribution and somehow this sovereign judgment that is going to take place. That would be an incorrect definition of the verb that is used for fearing the Lord. What it really means when you fear the Lord is you have a reverence and you have a respect for who he is. This is what it means when the writer would say the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge. If you don't fear the Lord, you're not going to reap the benefits of understanding how great he is. But if there's a respect for his ability, if you stand in awe of his ability, you're going to be a recipient of his blessings that are poured out. This is where wisdom and knowledge and understanding take place when there is a reverence to the things of God. I stand in awe of God's ability, how he is able to do the miraculous. I look out over this congregation tonight and I see God's handiwork at work. I see miracles, signs, and wonders. I want you to know in this place tonight, I respect who he is. I respect what he is able to do. I respect what he has done. I stand in awe. He's able to make walls come down. He's able to remove giants from in your way. He's able to break off every chain and yoke of bondage and break you out of prison cells. This is the kind of God that we serve. Praise God. Anybody have a respect and an understanding that we are in the presence of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, a God that is able to pick you out of a pit, pick you out of miry clay, establish your feet on a rock, and take you a long way from where you ever thought you would be. We need to thank God tonight, and we need to show some honor because in this house is the King of kings and Lord of lords. In this place is the peacemaker and the way maker. Where there was no way, God made a way. He made a way in the wilderness. He parted the Red Sea and made a way. When the enemy was behind, God said, I'm going to open up an avenue for you. And we're in this place tonight, and you may be saying, I need God to open something up in my life. I'm telling you, if there is a respect for the things of God and the way of God, God's going to open up a way. He'll open up a way in the desert. He'll open up a way in the midst of difficulty. Fear of the Lord. This is what brings wisdom and knowledge and understanding. But fools despise it. It doesn't mean to be afraid or frightened. It's viewing the things of God with an awe-inspiring respect. It's like Isaiah standing in the presence of the Lord and seeing him high and lifted up and his train filling the temple. 
and recognizing that he's in the presence of majesty. Hallelujah. I hope you don't come to the house of God tonight and in the service just create an opportunity for it to be a throwaway service. But I want you to know in this place tonight, there is, there is one who is majestic in this place tonight. Hallelujah. There is one that is able to do what no other can do. Amen. Why? Because he's the Lord of all things. No matter how great it is or how small it is, he's Lord of all things. He is the king of kings that reigns in a sovereign manner with authority. There's other things and other people that may try to step in and say they can do what God can do, but I'm telling you they can't do what God can do. God can do what no other can do. Calvary is something that nobody else was able to do. The blood of Jesus Christ that washes and cleanses was able to do what no other can do. Praise God and all you've got to do in this place tonight is lift up holy hands without wrath and doubting and say, God, you are great and greatly to be praised. And God responds. He responds to a people that recognize his power and his ability. I'm not coming to you tonight because I'm afraid of God. I know he's awesome. That's one word that is used that is descriptive of him. I know he's awesome. I know that he is a terrible God, which means that he can execute judgment. But I'm coming to him tonight because there is a profound reverential respect that if it had not been for the Lord, where in the world would I be? be and that is not a cliche I don't know where I would be but thank God I had opportunity to walk into the sanctuary brother Steve and say I can lift up my hands there is nothing shackling me there is nothing chaining me why because I've got a respect a profound respect for the sovereignty of God you need to turn God loose tonight you need to turn the king of kings and the lord of lords loose tonight standing in awe of him standing in respect of him this totally changes the meaning the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge I know I know did you know there's some things that I hang on to even when I may not feel like it because I know and knowing is not always categorized by what you feel. Has he ever brought healing to you? Healing not only to your body, but healing to your mind and salvation to your soul. I know this. I know this. So when I get whacked upside of the head with life's tumults and situations, there's some things that I know. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of that knowledge. It changes the meaning. I don't live for God because I'm afraid of what he might do. I live for God because I stand in awe of his majesty. 
If you're only living for God because you're afraid of hell, you're going to live a miserable existence because you're living for God out of fear, and that is no relationship. But if you say, man, there is none like my God. He is awesome. He is great. He is powerful. He is mighty. He's the beginning, and he is the ending. There is something that transpires in your world that says, I'm here because I love him. I'm here because I'm excited about him. I'm here because he inspires me to be better. I'm here because he saved me. I'm here because he redeemed me. I'm here because he healed me. This is what the wise man was teaching his son. Knowledge and wisdom cannot be comprehended, nor will it have life-changing value if it's not built on reverence. We, we live in an irreverent world. Man, I hope every saint of Greater Bakersfield's First Pentecostal Church reveres not that you're making a God out of a building or anybody in the building, but you're recognizing the God of the building. And so the things of God and the work of God are held with utmost reverence because you recognize that is majesty at work, the kingdom of God. We are in the world, but we are not of the world because there is something greater that is transpiring and taking place. And there is a respect of God. It's built upon reverence. Psalm 111, verse number 10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all they that do his commandments. His praise endureth forever. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Proverbs chapter 2 and verse number 1, My son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom and apply thine heart to understanding. Yea, if thou criest after knowledge and liftest up thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver and searchest for her as hid treasures, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord. It's something you've got to pursue. It is something that you have to revere and you will find the knowledge of God. It's like a seeking. It's like a discovery. Proverbs chapter 9 and verse 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 27, the fear of the Lord prolongeth days, but the years of the wicked shall be shortened. When you're walking in the fear of the Lord and in the reverence of the Lord, there is a prolonging of days. Does that mean that those who fear the Lord are going to live longer, or is that a state? I'm not sure, but I know this. You're going to be much better off if you walk in the majesty of God than you ever walk in the inauthentic way of the world and the way of the devil, the ruler of the world, the accuser of the brethren. I'm going to prolong my days. I'm going to make it good days because I'm walking in the majesty of the King of kings and Lord of lords. I'm walking in the reverence of his ability. Proverbs chapter 14 verse 27 says, The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life to depart from the snares of death. Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 33 says, The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom, 
and before honor is humility. So it is the fear of the Lord in which men depart from evil. I'm living for God because I have seen and recognized that he is great and greatly to be praised. People make wise choices, knowledge, wisdom, and instruction to refrain from evil because they have a respect for God. There's some things I won't do when temptation comes because I have a respect to God. When the enemy comes and tries to hedge in on who I am and what I am. I can't go there. I can't do that. I'm not going down that pathway. Why? Because I love the things of God. I love the work of God and I recognize what God has richly done in my life. There is a temptation to respect and stand in awe of a culture that has gone awry. There is a continual battle in which we struggle in appropriating our allegiance. In most cases, we are introduced to a big, big letdown by those in whom we have placed respect. However, you will not go wrong in listening to the voice of the wise man who said the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge and instruction. Let the world say that's old-fashioned. After all, the world is finding their abode in anger and angst and turmoil and division. I believe when people stand in awe of God's greatness... There will be a great reflection of it in their lifestyle. And there is a huge payoff. I believe that emphatically. I believe that if you are a worshiper and you worship God in spirit and in truth, God dwells and he inhabits the praises of his people. And so in the process of that, you can't go wrong by praising and worshiping God. You can't go wrong by fearing the Lord or respecting the Lord or standing in awe of him there is a blessing that is going to come. He cannot get away from it. You say, I want favor, blessing in my life. When's the last time you really praised God and worshiped God? Not that somebody had to pull it out of you, but because you recognized his majesty. When the king shows up, people are not coerced to worship and praise the sovereign king that steps in to the midst of the people and environment and the crowd and the audience. There's an automatic understanding that wait a minute this is not just any king this is the king of kings this is the lord of lords and so there is a reference and an understanding that he's worthy to be worshiped he's worthy to be exalted he's worthy to be magnified there's a payoff that comes young people i want to be blessed of god learn how to worship god in everything that you do I don't care about your mistakes and your failures. I'm talking about being a worshiper. If you can worship God in the midst of, of ashes, you're going to find that there's a payoff. There is a blessing that comes in the middle of disappointments, and all of us have been disappointed. But if you can understand, I'm going to worship God. I'm going to respect his ability. There's going to be a reverence and an understanding in my life. 
There's a payoff that is coming. There's a blessing that is coming. There's a peace that comes when you magnify him and you worship him in spite of where you are, what you're going through, who may know and who may not know. When you've got a praise on your lips and a worship in your walk, there's a God that responds to that favor. There's a God that responds with blessing. There's a God that responds with anointing. Hallelujah. Let's clap our hands and thank the Lord together and magnify him. Come on, somebody praise him. Somebody worship him in this place tonight. God, we respect your ability, your power, and your anointing. I didn't say anything to my grandfather though at times I was forced to say something in order to continue living on this earth. <laughs> because I respected him so greatly. It was two years that I learned a whole lot about myself. wise men said the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge and understanding it's the beginning of respect for God is how you attain wisdom it's how you attain knowledge it's how you obtain understanding as we stand together I'm I reflect upon Solomon as he's standing before the great task of being a king. And he recognizes the responsibility that comes with that. All the situations you're going to have to deal with. The vision that you're going to have for the people of God, the children of Israel, what direction you're going to go how you're going to put things into array, how you're going to organize things, how you're going to build some kind of bureaucracy to take care of situations, how you're going to deal with circumstances and political disputes and, and dissents and turmoil, how you're going to do all of that, the weighty task of being the king. He recognized all of those things. And, and, and when God appears to Solomon in a dream and asks him, what shall I give thee? Solomon could have arrayed himself in a lot of different options and choices. Solomon recognized the respect and fear of the Lord was going to motivate him and move him forward into a leadership. And so what he asks for is that he would be a servant that would have an understanding heart to judge the people that I may discern between good and bad for who is able to judge this thy so great a people because of that God gives him understanding and he gives him judgment and he gives him wisdom and an understanding heart a wise and an understanding heart why because he reverenced the things of God and there was a blessing in that. Do you reverence really in the house of God tonight standing here in conclusion of this service? 
Is there a reverence and is there an awe-inspiring respect for what God richly has done? Man, when you do that and you worship God in that, there's a blessing that comes. There's a blessing that comes. I want us to lift our hands tonight and I want us to pray and ask God for a revival of respecting his ability and his greatness. I want you to go back and take inventory of what God richly has done. There was no way and nobody else that could have pulled you out of where you were and given to you great opportunity. Praise God. But the hand of God and the ability of God. I serve him. I worship him. I love him. Not because I fear him, but because I respect him. And the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Praise God. As they sing together tonight in this place, let us pray and ask God for a revival. A revival. Bless the Lord. Oh my of seeing soul. him high and lifted up. Seeing him great and greatly to the altars tonight, not to be an altar call of in which we ask of God, but by which when we praise God and worship God, there is a flowing of his ability and his wisdom and his knowledge and his understanding. You know, sometimes I need to stop asking God. I need to stop worrying about some things and I just need to simply start praising him. And in the process of praising him, he directs me to the wisdom and the understanding and the knowledge that I need. Somebody in this place tonight needs to step out of a church pew and walk to a front and lift their hands and praise God for his excellent greatness and his goodness and you're going to find out that the things that you are dealing with and the circumstances that are in your life they're going to work out because God imparts to you his ability his anointing his power God, God, bring to my heart, my life, my understanding and knowledge and wisdom. Because I'm praising you. I'm worshiping you for great things. Praise God. You brought me a mighty, mighty long way. And I give to you thanks, Lord. And I'm praising Impart your knowledge. Impart your understanding. Impart your wisdom. Because we have a respect, O Lamb of God, and stand in awe of what you are able to do. You 